I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at music's effect on our everyday lives. Joining me today from Nashville is Michael Blanton. Michael has had a celebrated career in the national and Nashville music industry. His career has included discovering and launching the careers of Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith, among others, as well as managing their careers. Michael is a Gospel Music Hall of Fame inductee. Today finds him in all kinds of artistic and entertainment development, including film, technology, artist development, nonprofit development, and of course, music and songwriting. <laughs> Michael has joined forces with some of yeah. today's best and most talented songwriters to create Songwriting University which has been described as a digital songwriting portal for any writers around the globe who would like to develop their skills or simply have the experience of writing with successful Nashville songwriters. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Michael. Wow, you are hired for my introductions from now on. That was <laughs> right, fantastic. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I mean, can I just record that and carry around with me? And say, Absolutely. Here, here, Absolutely. Here, here, here's who I am. So that was well done. Well done. <laughs> well, Michael, we're going to be talking about songwriting you today. But before we Perfect. jump into that, I have to say I had a total flashback when I read your bio because I'm reading about how you launched Amy Grant's career. You produced all of her albums and hits, including El Shaddai, Heart in Motion, Lead Me On, all of her Christmas albums. Yeah. You discovered and launched Michael W. Smith and produced all of his albums and hits like Friends, Place in This World. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this guy produced the soundtrack of my junior high and high school <laughs> youth group. <laughs> Oh, good. Can, can you tell us just really quick how you first crossed paths with Amy Grant and also Michael oh. W. Smith? Oh, Mandy, you're going to get me down in the weeds here really quick. <laughs> this, the um, Amy, when I first came to Nashville trying to seek fame and fortune in the music industry, and uh, you know, I'm doing everything from managing uh, a, an unheard of band. I'm mixing sound out at Opryland, <laughs> which was a great music theme park. And, yeah. and I'm also, I'm a part of a, I'm a college guy that's trying to help out in a youth group scenario, and Amy is in my youth group, and that's how oh. we really met. So we oh. started from that that lane, and her dad was a very well-known radiologist here in town, and then we just, uh, we actually, I, I fell in love with her family. She became a part of the, the group that I was in, and then that just led to her kind of falling in love with music, which by the time I did get a record label job, um, three years later, uh, the record label signed her and said, and I said, Oh, I know Amy. I, I know her family. And, and in fact, I dated her sister. So <laughs> I was very close with the family and they said, okay, great. Well, you're her A&R guy. So good luck on this one. So anyway, <laughs> that's, that's how we got started. Yeah. And it worked with the good luck yeah, there. And did. what about Michael W. Smith? How'd you first well, meet him? Well, after, after I had been at the label for about a year and a half I, or two years, I left to start my own company called Blanton Harrell. And Amy was our first client and we were just kind of getting underway to really build her career. And then uh, literally as, as we're doing that, Michael W came in as a songwriter pitching songs to me. And he came in with, he came in with a, you know, cassette tape of songs and, and I'm listening to him and I'm going, look, I, I mean, if you can go write 10 more songs like this, I'll, I'll sign you to, our new label and we'll just launch your career. And literally he came back two weeks later, 
he had a cassette full of songs and on there was a song called friends and I'm sitting there going <laughs> friends. I could actually let Amy record this and this will be a huge song for her. Or I looked at him and said, are we, you know what? We record your first album. We put this on there and let's see if we can start your career, which is exactly what happened. I, it was a, it was one of those moments. He certainly would have been happy if Amy did it, but the fact that I invited him to be on our record label reunion records, uh, that was a, that was a pivotal moment on the beginning of his career. Wow. Well, you just say Michael W. Smith friends, and it takes me back to senior year where everyone's crying, like we're never going to see uh, each other again. And they're singing friends. you know. Or, I know. Well, yeah. And it's like, you just, I just look at the cover album or picture in my mind unguarded, like the, the cover yeah, album yeah. or lead me on or listen to the, the, the first phrase of the chorus, go West young man. Yes. And it just boom. I mean, I'm like right back, back there. It's crazy. <laughs> Well, you know what? Kind of, I'm right. I'm right back there with you. I totally, <laughs> totally relate to that. 100%. Well, you're kind of like the godfather of contemporary Christian music. Oh, boy. <laughs> have you been called that? No, but I, boy, now you've got my intro, and now you've got you're calling me names. Oh my goodness, godfather. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. We'll jump into the main topic here because I know I told you 30 minutes, and I have. That's all right. That's I'm all right. sure enough to go way beyond that. Nash- Nashville, I mean, it's iconic for its incredible musical and songwriting talent, but not a lot of people have direct access to working with that talent. They're just right. not corrected to the right circles, or they don't have the time or the money to come to Nashville. Songwriting University changes all of that. Tell us a little bit about how and why Songwriting U began. Yeah, the, he, he probably... Let's just say 10 years ago, without question, in Nashville, this is a songwriter's town. And the publishing companies that are here, they would sign, you know, developing songwriters and put them on a stipend. You could actually, you know, young songwriters that don't have any songs cut but have have uh, talent could be signed, you know, being paid a thousand, two thousand dollars a month. And then then if you're really if you start getting cuts, you could, you know, you, that stipend would go up quite a bit when the streaming took over. The lack of CD sales had gone away. When uh, when all that began to change, then uh, the publishers can't sign as many writers just on a you know a hope and a whim. Mm-hmm. So um, as a result, where we used to probably have forty five hundred writers that all had publishing deals here in this town, that's probably down to four hundred now that really have publishing deals, mm-hmm. and and maybe and maybe. Uh, maybe have gone up a little bit, but it's still hovering at a very low percentage compared to what it used to be because the publishing business cannot is just not making as much money like it used to when people would buy CDs. Or yeah. even if you download CDs, typically you would download the whole 10, 10 or 12 songs. So now we got people streaming one song. We're buying for $10. We're buying all the music we want. And so the publishing revenue in that realm has really gone down. So as a result, you've got writers who've been very successful, who've had very, you know, strong careers of having top pop country or or Christian uh, hits out of Nashville. But they're now they're they don't have a publishing deal and they're kind of sitting around going, okay, I still love to write just as much as I did five and 10 years ago. What Mm -hmm. what do I do? Mm -hmm. And they're they're out doing uh, other jobs. So two songwriters approached uh, myself and Gary Glover, my partner, about the idea of we think there's a need for a digital 
songwriting portal, which would give anybody around the world access to Nashville successful songwriters. If you really had a love to be a songwriter or an artist, at some point you probably would try to come to Nashville. You try to get get your feet planted here. Try to make contact with some of the great writers and build your build your network of writers, and hopefully, eventually, either become successful as a songwriter or an artist. But in today's world, it's just harder for anybody to come in and, and make contact with writers because it's just become so much more selected uh, to be a successful writer. It just takes forever for you to ever make contact with with the guys you need to kind of have as your network. So mm-hmm. as a result, uh, Joe Beck and Billy Sprague were like going, we think there's a need for songwriters to still make revenue. Why don't we start this digital online writing portal? Mm-hmm. And when I heard it, I went, oh my gosh, that is ingenious. Uh, it, I mean, I could have come up with it, but it wouldn't have worked. It has to come from the songwriters. Mm-hmm. So as a result, we've got 25 songwriters in our faculty that are available to co-write with anybody from around the world. And that means literally if there's a, uh, you know, a banker in Topeka, Kansas going, gosh, I love my music back in high school and college. Mm -hmm. They literally can come on the website by a two hour session and either start from scratch zero, or they may come and say, man, I had this song I worked on. I mean, what do I need to do to improve it, fix it, change it? Or they may just come in and say, I have this one line in my head. I don't even, I don't know what to do with it. Hmm. They can come and they can actually have a two hour writing session with a, with a successful Nashville songwriter and, um, and see where that goes. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's opening so many opportunities for both the songwriters and people who want their talent, want access to their talent. And 100%. And you described a little bit of the, the criteria or lack thereof for students themselves who, who want to participate in songwriting you. It could be a banker who just wants to write a song for his upcoming wedding and doesn't have that songwriting background or even maybe a lot of musical background, or it could be that, aspiring songwriter who's like i'm living in kansas but i and i'm going to college here at the community right, college right. but mm-hmm. i love writing songs and music and i i want access exactly. to some help tell us some more about the spectrum right. of do you call them students or participants well, well we do I, we had it's funny we just call them i guess clients right now the okay. what we have found we did some marketing research and we found that there's a there's one age group let's call it from the from the 16, 25 year old that is going, I just want to do music. And whether they're coming out of high school, going to college, they're in that zone of going, I really want to grow and learn this. And those kids tend to be a bit more independent. Like, I don't know if I need to co-write with anybody, but if ultimately for them to grow and really become what they need to, they're, you know, they're, they're probably going to wind up wanting to, to write and, and to write with people who've had success. Mm-hmm. So that's one group. The other group is the let's just call it the the 40 and older gang who have probably decided, well, music's not my career, but I've got, I've got to go into banking or in engineering, or I've got to go do something, mm-hmm. but they never quit loving music. And yeah. so, but they're saying, well, I can't get to Nashville, uh, but I'd still love to, you know, whether they're playing in a club locally or they're, whether they're playing in a, at their church or wherever they they, they play their music, they just, They'd love to grow it, but they've got to keep their job at the bank, and they're mm-hmm. they're just waiting for the opportunity. And that group, actually, we are having the most success right now because they seem to have 
well, COVID gave us yeah. a little bit more time, but that group has a little bit more time and a little bit more financial capability mm-hmm, to sure. come in and book book three sessions at a time and say, sure. I want to work, I, I'm going to book three at a time, and here we go. Yeah, so, well, I, I imagine that uh, demographic, too, has more life experience that can bring some depth to their lyrics very, and their songwriting. That's very true. Yeah, but when well, we think which about... Is, no, I was just going to say, which is funny, because pop music, we tend to go... You know, it's all about the youthfulness of it. And country music's a little bit older. But to your point, people that have lived life, who've gone through the, the roller coaster of up and down about of just living, mm-hmm. you're right. They have more material to, to come to the table with. Yeah. Well, and then you look at some of these bands. I mean, you look at Mick Jagger up there on stage. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, incredible. That guy's That's getting incredible. up there in age, and he's still out uh, there doing that. <laughs> he is. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> well, when we look at the young demographic, the other thing I'm thinking of as a parent of a college student and a high school student is I'm all about job shadows. Like if my kid want, is thinking, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a doctor, yeah. or what, you know, whatever, I'm like, yeah. well, let's get you in where you can job shadow someone. Because my daughter did that once with a doctor, and she came back, and she said, uh, you know, I thought he was going to be doing a lot more doctory stuff. It was mostly <laughs> talking with with patients and paperwork. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, it's not Grey's Anatomy here; it's real life. You know, <laughs> that's right. So I think that's that could right. be a really great like consulting like slash job shadow yeah. opportunity for young kids if they're like, oh, I just want to be a songwriter. I want to be in the music business, and their parents are kind of yeah. like, eh, is this really well, viable or not? You know, get them a package and have them talk to <laughs> someone who's in the business and say, what's it really like? Oh well, we've got well on the website. We've actually got a kind of a master class uh, curriculum that for nine dollars a month you can come in and kind of take our songwriting development curriculum. And then we've got master class like with Mike Reed, who um, who wrote Bonnie Raitt's big hit, I Can't Make You Love Me, mm-hmm. which is just a huge. And his telling the story of that um, on the on the master class, we've got these wonderful videos with he with uh, Gordon Kennedy, who wrote Eric Clapton's big song, uh, Change the World. Sorry. Oh, wow. Brain there. But but so they both are talking about their co their writing, what they did developing. And so for that kid who's going, I'm not sure I want to co-write with somebody yet, they can come and do the kind of the master class series and and get a fabulous education from people who've been doing it for a long time, which sure. is great. Yeah. Well, and you have some incredible talent on your faculty, just as you even mentioned in naming a couple of those people there. Thank you to our sponsor, Sheet Music Direct. Sheet Music Direct is the world's premier destination for digital sheet music. It's powered by sheet music publisher Hale Leonard. I have used Sheet Music Direct for probably 10 years, and it has saved me countless hours of driving to music stores and sifting through bins of sheet music and books to find the right song and hoping the perfect song isn't out of stock. Sheet Music Direct's library has more than 1 million sheet music arrangements that you can view and listen to right from your device for convenient online shopping and immediate downloads of educational, classical, and pop scores that represent just about any genre and holiday. Prices start at 99 cents, and you can both print your purchases instantly and access them on any device, which has really come in handy for our family when we're out of state visiting grandma and grandpa, and they want to hear my kids play the piano. 
Access the latest hits and yesterday's classics at sheetmusicdirect.com. Tell us a little bit more about the different sessions and packages and classes that you offer. You mentioned the master class. You can also book a one-on-one songwriting session. Right. And then, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing that I think in the long run is going to be happening. Going back to something you said earlier, I mean, if people wanted to memorialize their wedding and they're going, well, I'm not even a songwriter, uh-huh. they can go and actually go, look, here's the love of my life. Here's what I say to her, and they can work on the song. In fact, um, we've got a um, – Nashville has become known. You probably don't know this in good old Minneapolis, but we're <laughs> the, we are the wedding party, the bridesmaids party destination. The, oh. I mean, this is the hot spot now more than any other place in the world. Oh, really? So, so like bachelor parties, bachelorette parties? Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Bachelor parties. Absolutely. And so, <gasps> of course, we were laughing going, you know, the cool thing, it would be – for that group of girls who come in, they have a fabulous weekend to memorialize, and they're going. Oh, well, none of us are songwriters, wow. but we'd love to. We'd love to capture this moment in a oh, song, so they could go on book a two-hour session, <laughs> say, "Okay, here was our catchphrase for the weekend, and can we write a song?" And and of course, the guys would be happy to do that. Oh so my goodness, that I think, would be incredible. I think the point is that music does enhance our lives, and the truth is. This group of people are completely capable of kind of jumping in wherever, if it's a, uh, a sadness or a joyfulness or if there's anything you want to memorialize. The other thing, I was at a restaurant the other day, and one, of course, here in Nashville, one of the waitress was wants to be a songwriter, uh-huh. and, and she loves Jody Messina. And she was going, I just, uh, that, that's kind of where I am. I'm kind of back in that 90s Jody Messina. I said, well, you need to go to Songwriting University because – um, you know, two or three of the writers have had big number ones and top tens uh-huh. with her that you can go in there and write with that kind of a that kind of a caliber songwriter. And she was just like mesmerized, like going, you've got to be kidding me. I go, no, it's <laughs> so what wherever you come into the game as I'm not a writer, I'd like to memorialize something or I would like to try something or whatever the scenario is, we think we've got kind of the ability to help you do that. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that bachelorette party idea sounds phenomenal. I mean, how cool would that be? I mean, music, like we talked about with my story of my youth group, it's like that olfactory sense where you get a whiff of something and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm right back. Oh, I'm back. Yeah. And if you can have such an incredible original song for a wedding or a milestone anniversary or birthday or just a stage of life, like you write a song like this is when we were having babies and, you know, absolutely up up late at night and up at all hours of the night. And, you know, later your kids are in college and you listen to that song and you're like, we survived, baby. (laughs) We made it. (laughs) Well, it's so funny. The, 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 uh, gentlemen, the people, and they're more, mostly gentlemen. Of course, we'd be, we've got female writers and we'd love to have more females participate. But the, but the people that are doing this are having such great experiences that they're coming back going, Oh, I got to come back and do this again because it's a creative outlet that they get to, to, to explore. Mm-hmm. And then what we have, we actually launched as well last year in top of the, the masterclass plan and also the songwriting sessions. We've actually launched a, songwriting contest last july mm-hmm. we gave away we have five genres of music and we and we pit we get each one of the winners of the genres won a thousand dollars and then the grand winner we gave ten thousand dollars to <sighs> and 
So we're not, I mean, it's a $40 entry fee to come put your songs in there. And I mean, we we were blown away with the quality of music that we got from around the world. Really? So it, and that really opened us. Probably one of the new developments that we will be introducing to Songwriting You coming up will be our ability to take young songwriters or old songwriters, take their songs and, you know, potentially uh, be able to put them into a promotional campaign where we can try to go get them either pitched to a, you know, a country artist and Amy Grant or Keith Urban or, or get it on Grey's Anatomy or put it sure. into a, a Netflix movie. So yeah. we are finding that kind of quality that, that we're probably going to start offering that as an add-on to to songwriters that we find that, you know, like that banker in Topeka, uh-huh. he may he may be a much better writer than we, any of us thought, but he can't move. But we can come along if we think his songs are strong enough, we can come along and help promote that. So uh-huh. that's our that's our that's our newest lane that we're hoping to uh, bring to the songwriting you story. Oh, really fascinating. So what are you noticing with some of these people who are coming in as clients? Are you noticing anything special that they're bringing to the table? I mean, your faculty is amazing, but are you finding that the banker from Topeka or coming in from other countries who are out in the non-musical world for for most of their day, are they bringing some kind of a refreshing, authentic voice. It's not in the music world, something that kind of breaks up any kind of homogenation that could happen. Like, I mean, Nashville has so much talent, but I imagine at some point it's, you're kind of fighting that, that tendency to just kind of homogenize and become like everybody else. Tell us what you're seeing it with uh, the newcomers are bringing in. Well, that's just that besides the fact that every time one of our faculty does a a session they're actually getting they're getting kind of paid for their consulting or co-writing service but the the new kids coming in are bringing in a fresh i mean fresh wind i i, I will brag on nashville and say it i really do believe it is the music epicenter now because i mean uh with apple music with more and more offices showing up here this has kind of become from pop to country to to jazz, to Christian, there's just all kinds of music here. Americana mm-hmm. certainly is huge. So we do get some really fresh new twists, and some of them are really funny. It's like, oh, my gosh, we did a Christmas writing song uh, contest last fall, and we just, you know, we had some hilarious entries. But it was amazing where, where people were coming from around the world just submitting songs going, you know, this is kind of my Christmas thing. The, the girl who won she wrote a song about her saying, I don't like Christmas. And the whole point mm-hmm. was that her parents had gotten a divorce mm-hmm. and she was going, I hate two Christmases. Yeah. And it was so clever. And she didn't write it from a depressed or a, you know, I want to cut my wrist standpoint. She mm-hmm. wrote it from a very clever, I hate two Christmases. Mm-hmm. But it was it was really telling how much she loved Christmas, but just not in this kind of a broken fashion. And it yeah. was such a good song that we all just flipped out. So what we're seeing is wonderful new creative talent out there that's trying to go, how do I get anybody to, to listen to me? The internet has just made it. Everybody has, everybody has something to say. And so if people can get it in front of anybody, in fact, I think on the website, we've got a young, a young artist named Morgan that we did a a session with. She came in and said, I've been working on this song. And as we worked on it, we, decided just as a trial run, let's see if we can go produce a demo on that song that would actually more than just a lyric and a 
guitar playing. Let's see if we can actually make it sound like a real song. So we took it another step. And I think that's on the still up on the website, but it's a it's a great way to go see what happens when you take this all the way through. And we find one of those really good songs that we want to do something with. Wow. Any other especially memorable clients or songs that have come out of this songwriting university? You mentioned the I don't like Christmas. Any others yeah. that just really immediately jumped to your mind? Well, there was there was one other uh, Christmas song this last that really jumps to mind that what was a um, that the songwriting you writers decided, let's go ahead and finish it out. We took it to Scott Hamilton, who's a, you know, a gold Olympic uh, yeah. skater that, yeah. that lives here. He has a foundation called Scott Hamilton cares. And it's all about, um, you know, cancer, fighting cancer. And he's well loved, not only here, but nationally people just support this whole adventure. Well, we played the song and, and we decided let's form a coalition where Scott's going to, use this as his kind of Christmas theme song mm. and go out and, you know, get people to watch the video, listen to the song and hopefully give to Scott Hamilton's cares foundation. Well, Gibson guitar heard about it. They came along, joined us. They became a partner in that so that the winners of the Christmas song actually uh, received a brand new Gibson electric guitar, which was oh. so beautiful. And so for me right now, I'm going, okay, there was such a cool partnership between charity between writing a song by doing a demo and then having like a Gibson guitar come along and be mm -hmm. a sponsor. So we're going to continue to, I think we're going to continue to fuel that idea of how do we pull one song out of our contest or potentially out of our, our co-writing sessions. How do we pull one song that we can contribute or work with other charities and make some, some kind of a noise with it. So that's kind of a, a new part of it that we really loved this last year. Mm, cool. Well, we touched on some of the aspects of uh, today's business world and revenue model and just the reality of what the music business is like right now. And and the songwriting you concept really right. fits that so well in terms of music and artist discoverability. We didn't talk a lot about mentorship, but there's a mentorship component that's a part of this as well. The artist development, the diversification of artists. You mentioned the Netflix films and TV shows and, you know, pairing right. with, with charity. Anything else that you want to mention about how songwriting you really fits well with the reality of today's business world, music business world? Yeah, I just think it, it, it takes, I mean, the great songwriters like Ryan Tedder and uh, gosh, um, Shane McAnally from here and Luke Laird from here. I mean, there, there's great songwriters that you just never will ever get a connect with unless, you know, God just parts the waters and lets mm -hmm. you walk through and you get mm -hmm. to meet and they love you and they do something. Mm -hmm. So what we're excited about is that we really do believe we've got an idea, even at very, very early stages. We have not even really started marketing. We've mostly done PR, but it's really starting it's really hitting a nerve out there because to your point, music enhances. I mean, it's literally in everything we do. Yeah. And now when you look at all of the content that's being built, I mean, from Hulu to Amazon to Netflix to everybody's creating content, more and more people go, well, I'd love to express myself some way. And we hope that we're kind of offering a, a path forward. We're certainly just beginning. We, we hope to add more writers, more you know, uh, all kinds of different music genres, not just limited to, you know, because we're in Nashville and we do or country pop or Christian. We we certainly recognize there's more genres to be 
paid attention to, but we got to grow there. It's something we mm-hmm. have to have to grow into as opposed to just try to do everything all the same day. But I, I think we're we're super excited and we're super excited for, for you and your followers to hear about it and mm-hmm. and would love to, you know, be able to answer more questions when we when we need to, for yeah. sure. Well, just even that networking concept. I mean, wow, to be able to network and build some relationships with some of those just oh. icons of the songwriting world is just impressless. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It well, would be. You're absolutely right. Well, there was a line in your bio that really caught my attention. It referred to Blanton's love for advancing the creative spirit. And I thought, wow, what a great way Mm. to sum up so many things. I mean, that could be like a personal Mm. mantra or personal mission. And (laughs) you're definitely doing this with Songwriting You. And I know you have a bazillion other irons in the fire, too, that are advancing that creative spirit as well. Well, I ask all of my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending, a coda by sharing a song or story about a moment that music enhanced your life. I'm sure you have a ton of them, but is there a song or story that you can pick out and share with us today? Well, uh, yes, you and I could be here for another hour if you let me go, but uh, (laughs) I would probably, um, when when you stirred that thought, I literally was thinking about just how blessed I feel like I've been uh, in the career that I've been given to advance the creative spirit and the creative heart in people. And literally 30 years ago, um, Amy Grant, we had done an album called Leave Me On, which we truly felt like was one of, if not the finest, one of her finest projects. And and yet we did not get uh, we did not get critical acclaim or actually even pop radio acclaim for that. And so Amy looked at me and said, you know, I really would love for you to make let's go make the album, the pop album that you think that uh, that I need to make. So with that, I. Uh, decided as the executive producer to keep working with the guy who had produced everything up to that point, Brown Bannister. But we added Keith Thomas and Michael Amartian, both two phenomenal names in the world of pop music. Mm-hmm. And we started working on this album called Heart in Motion. And that album had five songs in the top 10, actually four songs, top 10. One was in the top 20, but five songs that all made super pop radio airplay. They literally... Mm-hmm. I mean, to get anything in the top 10 is is phenomenal, but to get four uh, in the top 10 was just, I mean, was unheard of. And as a result, by the 1992 Grammys, Amy was nominated in the pop category for the best record, the best song, the best album, the best female pop vocalist, and the best producer. She had five top wow. pop Grammy nominations. And... And of course, we didn't win any of them because Natalie Cole, who did a duet with her dad, which was so beautiful with David Foster, won it all, won everything. But we were so honored that we actually got to that, those five things. And so Uh what that told me and, and the, the aha for me is now 30 years later is to go, is to encourage people that no matter where, where you come from, where you are, what you think, uh, you've got this creative piece inside of you. And, and don't don't be afraid to go express yourself and don't be afraid to share that. And don't be afraid to collaborate with others to try to uh, develop it further. That album, that Heart in Motion album was a such a huge part of not only Amy's, that's her biggest selling album, but that's also been the biggest selling uh, Christian album, if you want to categorize that, even though it had five pop awards mm-hmm. for the Grammys. 
So I just think that was uh, it was interesting that you want to have this interview, and I'm actually doing more interviews because we're doing a retrospective on that project coming out later this fall with a lot of videos, a lot of music, uh, you know, demos and remixes that we did on that album with Heart Motion. So anyway, that's a uh, that's uh, I, because I'm in the middle of it. That would be my code of you, Mandy. And that is a little bit of the Baby Baby YouTube video. There is a link to the video in the show notes. Thank you so much to Michael for sharing with us today and for all that he and the Songwriting You team are doing to enhance lives with music. I just think that's such a brilliant way to both access and support this treasure of talent and musical genius that we have in Nashville. As always, the show notes have lots of links to information from today's episode, including links to Songwriting University. You'll also find a transcript of this episode and links to related episodes. One of Songwriting U's faculty members, Steve Seiler, was a guest on this podcast back before Songwriting U launched. There's a link to my conversation with Steve from back in episode 20. If you're a listener who falls into that age category Michael mentioned of 40 and over, you'll really enjoy episode 76 on all the benefits of learning a new skill as an adult with New York Times bestselling author Tom Vanderbilt. Show notes are at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 94. There is a link to that page right in the episode details in your podcast app, as well as links to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. If you enjoyed the show, please spread the word to your friends and family and share on social media. That is the best way to support the show and help us grow our audience as we share the power of music. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.